I just said yes. You asked a question. I said yes. Welcome to Stand Up Stand Up, presented by IT Misfits. This is where tech professionals and comedy intersect daily in your new favorite stand-up meet. Each episode has two parts, a roundtable discussion on an IT topic, and then an open source open mic, where each comic shares or works on a stand-up comedy bit. At the end of the week, we perform our final crafted bit. Just like any good stand-up meeting, we try to make these short and valuable. Hopefully, this brings a smile to your day, gives you something to think about, and most importantly, gives you something funny you can share with other IT professionals. All right, with me today are my fellow misfits, Matt Campisi, Tim Stevens, and Samuel Hernandez. My name's Jerry Black. Let's get into it. All right, Matt, I believe you have the quote for the day. You know, when's the best time to plant a tree? It would have been 25 years ago or today. So the reason why I bring that up is uh, in some of the things I'm going to talk about in my book review is you know, like you could always just start doing what you want to be doing differently, or you could start trying, you could start being that better self. So yes, it would have been great to plant the tree 25 years ago, but you could start today. Okay. Uh, with that, with that being said today, Matt is going to review Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. But before we get into that, let's do some open source comedy. And today we're starting with Tim. Ah, the end of August is the start of the cold season. And my kids are returning to school this week, which means the news will start covering COVID and gun laws again. <laughs> uh, I work from home, so I'm not exposed as much as they are to germs. You guys remember during COVID when we would disinfect the outside of grocery bags before bringing them inside? with wipes and spray mm -hmm. i'm going to yep. do it let, let me do the comedy you do the <laughs> i just said yes you asked a question i said yes <laughs> this is not my week for the show This is good because I got to get used to the hecklers, to the re-reads out in the crowd. This is, this is good. I said yes. It wasn't a heckle. I didn't question your comedy. I didn't finish your punchline for you. I said yes. His, his, his love language is not interruption, Matt, just so you know. Oh, oh you're not Samuel. I always get you confused. Like, I'm are crying. you the tall and are you the... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is why our ratings are low on the show, Matt. Because of that right no. now. I love it. I love you, Matt, with all my black heart. <laughs> so it's cold season at my house. All right. I think I'm ready to keep going here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that to my kids this year. I'm going to sanitize them. I'm going to purify them before they come through the front door. So at the door, I'll have hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, and hamster shavings at the ready. And, you know, we're going to have to go through the temperature checks, fingerprinting. And I think this year I'm going to use a old tattoo gun I found on Facebook to administer the uh, booster shots. No, I think that's Why crazy. Why the hamster shavings? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not that. sure with hamster shavings. Is that yeah. what we did back in COVID? I mean, it's been so long. We've already forgotten. I didn't do any hamster shavings. out this morning trying to find <laughs> ties and redefinitions, redirection. So 
More about. I like this. Yeah. About. Hamster shavings. No relevance yeah. whatsoever. Okay, Tim, my mine needs help, so feel free to jump in anytime and you know throw Dude, me off. That was so hilarious. Oh my god. For those of you, our podcast viewers, uh, you know, I, I work in my office and I've just been working on my backdrop to hide all the Costco stuff. And I was looking at it yesterday and realized I was down to my last 50 rolls of paper towels. So the stress level of almost running out wanted me to go over to Costco. Plus, it was lunchtime. And my favorite aisle is the frozen food aisle because they have the best samplers. And something new has popped up at Costco if you haven't gone lately. And it was a little disturbing disheartening because i was profiled yesterday which is not something that's happened to me because when you do your own self-checkout the the receipt prints out with big blue stripes on it and it used to be when you walk out the door at costco the person kind of fake looks at the receipt fake counts and if you're lucky you get the pink highlighter with the smiley face for your kid but when you have the blue stripes on your printout, it is like a full body cavity search. And in the first time in the history of Costco, I was pulled aside and I had to go get rerung up again. Next up to the stage. All right. Yeah. Jerry so Black. have you noticed how much of IT is a lot like, you know, the playground from when we were in elementary school? Like, for instance, I know we've all played trouble ticket tag, right? That's where, you know, it's like, oh, it's not my problem. It's your problem. No, no, no. It's not my problem. It's your problem. No, no, no. It's your problem. No take backsies. And then the, the help desk will say like, yeah, we're, we're not taking that ticket. No, no take backsies. We're not taking that ticket back. And so they give it to the network guy and the network guy's like, oh, no take backs, huh? All right. He assigns it to the systems guy. The system guy assigns it back to the help desk and it all starts over again. You know, I play the project management um, emotional swing set a lot. Uh, that's my, uh, that's where I like to play. You know, it's right next to the developer's autism seesaw. Um, uh, VPs always get their own little area and they like to play career leapfrog by seeing how far they can get ahead while pushing other people down. But my favorite <laughs> game is conference call freeze tag. And I designed this and I, I actually play it with other people. And that's where you get on a conference call. And then as soon as somebody says a specific word and you just pick a buzzword, implementation, uh, uh, timeline, something along those lines, you have to freeze in an awkward face and everybody has to freeze in an awkward face and you have to hold it until somebody calls your name. And then once you call your name, now you can be talking and you got to try and call somebody else's name so you can unfreeze them. And you just sit there and look at people, but it has to be an awkward face, but not a crazy face, right? It can't be like, oh, like that, because people will be like, ah, oh, what, what are you doing? Are you having a stroke? But just an awkward face. So you would just be like, and then hold it until somebody says implementation, and then you get to break out, call other people. That's my, uh, that's my fun for the day and my fun tip for all of you IT engineers out there. Start playing conference call freeze tag. See how you like it. I'm going to be frozen until I'm funny again. <laughs> <laughs> all right and then uh samuel what do you got for us today so you know we've been talking about travel and uh you know had a a, a couple of experiences on the plane the last couple of weeks and uh, you know it reminds me of this debate going on you guys may have heard of it as far as far as the the rules on, on the airplane right everyone knows a guy in the middle seat gets both hand rests right 
But why, why is there a debate about reclining seats? Like as an engineer, things are designed to do certain things. And so if the seat can recline, I should be able to use it. And somehow the people, there's a debate that if you recline your seats, you're being rude to the person behind you. And my thing is like, well, why don't you just recline your seat? Not quite funny, but it kind of, it kind of, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's, it is a, it's a good start. It's a good, it's a good concept. And I agree with you hundred percent. Why in the world do people get upset about that? I've never understood yeah. it. Oh, more the, middle seat, the middle seat, you get both hands. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I never heard that before. Oh yeah. Are you, I, I don't know. Because, um, because if you're on the aisle, right. You can lean over and you got more room. Yeah. Right. If you're by the window, you can lean over as well. Okay. And you got more room. I like it. Get, gets both uh, hand rests. I just had never heard it, Arm but rest. I like it. Yeah. It's good. Good. Must be a Puerto Rican rule. <laughs> we, right. we do make up our own <laughs> uh all right well uh thanks everybody great work uh this week on the comedy bits and i'm uh, very excited about tomorrow and seeing how these all come together now we're gonna switch over and we're gonna jump into jocko willink's uh extreme ownership and matt you're gonna take us through it go for it yeah, yeah baby yeah. So we've been talking, I mean, the, this week, everyone was bringing their book uh, that maybe made an impact on them in their career. Uh, my viewpoint is as a manager. So for all those people who are wanting to get into management, new into management, wanting to take your game up in management, uh, management, meaning you, you re people report to you and you're responsible for helping to coach them, mentor them. So uh, Jocko Willick and Lee Fabin wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. It's been out for a good number of years. Uh, if you don't know them, they're Navy SEALs. So their stories and their history, uh, or their call it knowledge, is from leading covert operations, you know, things that were involving life and limbs. So if they did something wrong, people would die. And here's, I'm just going to net it out. I love just getting to the point of give you one thing to take away. There are no bad teams, just bad leaders. That's mm -hmm. what I boil this book down to. And when I was a manager, there are no bad teams, just a bad leader. And why I say that or why they, how they go into this is if they're on a covert mission, they have to think of plan A, plan B, plan C. If something goes wrong, they need to know that they could get out safely. Uh, so why aren't we doing that in the business world? Why aren't we taking care of our, our team with what they need? So if the team fails at something, then it's your fault as a manager that you didn't give them the training. If the team is not gelling and you weren't the one that gave the feedback or just called out their not deficiencies or give them coaching, that's on you, not on them. I think in historically managers are there to like reprimand and to point fingers and just like point out things. This viewpoint of extreme ownership is as the leader, as the manager, you own the success of the team. So it's on you to think about the training, the feedback, the steps, methodologies that the team needs. That is just, it's that much of a nutshell for me. Also, if you love, call it military, if you like really cool stories, each chapter goes into, call it a, a true military mission. And then they equate it to business world. And then Leaf and Jocko switch off uh, from chapter to chapter who reads it. So it's a great audio book. And that's how oh, I wow. read it. Because you're going to hear the voice of the actual authors. And there's so much more, I think, sincerity and authenticity when you hear them talking about these missions where they're, you know, in 
enemy territory you know their people could die if they mess up so extreme ownership there's no bad teams just bad leaders it's on you to own that do they go into like own um but like so if we have uh people that are you know just individual contributors and they're not really working on becoming a manager at this point do they does any of the topics in the book would you feel yeah it's also good at just as a person because it it's forcing um uh, you know, sort of that ownership on yourself uh, or anything like that? I think you're going to extrapolate it to if you're the manager, yes, you have the title, you're in the org chart that you're responsible for people below you. But if you take that idea of extreme ownership is you need to get the job done, you need to be responsible for maybe your own actions or maybe you taking things in the next step. It's not as connecting of the dots as you're alluding to, but I think uh, smart, you know, our, our viewers who are wanting to get ahead, it's great just to know what would make a good leader. And uh-huh. some of those traits are good at being an individual contributor. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It reminds me of the, uh, the question you just asked, uh, Jerry, it reminds me of one of the, one of the books that I like called the rules of work and in, and in there, there's this whole there's this whole series about acting, walking, talking like the next position, right? And he goes in there and he tells his personal story on how this one guy that was pretty much incompetent got the promotion instead of him. Mm. And when he asked why, they basically say, "Well, he looks like a manager." Oh wow! Right? <laughs> um, and and wow. and so he took that to heart. You know, long story short, you know, he's changed his his appearance how he, you know, poised himself and he dressed and walked and talked like a manager and ended up becoming that guy, that guy's boss. So he went, you know, got a, a, a two-step promotion. Um, and so, and so for folks who, who maybe may not necessarily be look or, or who are not necessarily in management, who might be looking to it or just looking to get promoted within their career. Cause every, you know, leaders, if you, if you take a, a, a position of leadership within a non-leadership role, you get noticed typically, right? And those point. are the guys who get raises. Those are the guys who get maybe like from regular SC to senior SC, right? Uh, and so I, I think those those kind of philosophies are good to adopt. With even you know that the 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 manager leadership type philosophies are good to adopt, whether or not you're looking to become an actual people manager. Yeah, and the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, so for me personally, uh, I got that sort of feedback about how I use um, humor at work. And mm-hmm. uh, I took it to heart. I I pushed that away, pushed it down, didn't use it for a year. It ended up turning me into somebody I didn't want to be. And I realized that instead of just taking that and saying, oh, okay, so I need to be, because I was trying to make director and, and they just, uh, anyways. Um, I think it's important to take a moment and think about, is that, would mm-hmm. I want this job if that's who I had to be to get it? And mm-hmm. if the answer is no, then then don't change who you are. Change where you work. Exactly. I mean, that, that I was going to make make that point as well. So sometimes, you know, um, we we're trying to get a promotion within a particular job. We want to have that VP role, whatever it is, and for whatever reason, we keep getting passed up. But it, it's not an it's not an it's a it's one thing to push into that uh that friction that that adversity sure. right, the opposition it's a really good thing instead of playing a victim of like oh they didn't promote me because I don't uh, yeah. care. What, sure. whatever right. right you put you push towards that that friction and on um, because that builds muscle right but eventually you do have to get to a point where you say hey 
I want that position, but maybe not in this place. Yeah. I just, I right. don't ever want anybody to lose themselves because mm-hmm. they want to, they want to roll or they want to raise yeah. or they want a promotion. I yeah, it just, 100%. because it, because it, it messed me up for a, for a while. 100%. Yeah. One of the things that I, I did take from the book, Matt, it's been years since I read it, but one of the things that stood out for me is uh, Jocko used the term fog of war, which means that inherently every battlefield has an element of confusion. Sometimes that confusion is created intentionally to disrupt the opposing side, and sometimes it's just the natural uh, ways things go because there's so much going on people's lives are at risk, missions are at stake. So there's going to be some confusion, right? Especially when it comes to communication over the radio and so forth. So as it relates to work, first of all, the what I was taught in the military is everybody's a leader. Everybody. That's awesome. The reason why is at any given moments, that platoon leader or commander could be taken out. Mm. And now you have to take charge, right? So you need to understand the mission. You need to be able to communicate effectively. You need to be able to move effectively and, and shoot effectively. How that relates to IT is I have found myself and I will continue to find myself in calls with the customer when there is an incident bridge and my manager is not around mm. just because of circumstances. So I can go in and I can go in with an attitude of I'm going to play the role as an individual contributor. And anything outside those boundaries, I'm going to play that. I'm not <laughs> the manager. I'm not in charge. And I can do that. Or I can I can play the role of I'm going to take the opportunity. I'm going to drive this call in a good direction. I'm going to try to keep the customer calm. I'm going to get to resolution. And I'm going to reassure them that once before we close the call, right, hey, I'm going to look into X, Y, and Z, right? And those are characteristics of a, you know, a manager. And Thanks. in closing... The other thing is that you can you can choose to whether your individual contributor or manager to to exhibit those characteristics. You don't have to, right? But it, it not only does it make you more of an asset to the team, but you're beginning to pretend like you are a leader before you become a leader, which I'm a firm believer. Right. You gotta pretend like you're gonna yeah. fall asleep before you fall asleep. Hmm. Nice. I would have to say this book, uh, when I was a recent call it manager, was the most impactful because it helped me think differently. It because I had to take the responsibility to make sure my team was not only taken care of, they were getting the training, they're getting the guidance, they're getting timely feedback. Giving feedback a week or a month later and beating around the bush doesn't help people get better. Yeah. Uh calling out things where there's distrust or you know friction in the team. So this helped me realize my role in leadership, as opposed to some other books um, are, you know, helping, you know, focusing on the individual that you're managing instead of yourself. So this one's a good one. I highly recommend it. There's no bad teams, just bad leaders, which is putting the ownership on you as the leader. Nice. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining today. Uh, I really appreciate everybody's uh, input and certainly want to say thank you to my fellow misfits, uh, Tim Stevens, Samuel Hernandez, and Matt Campisi. My name's Jerry Black. Have a great day. That's it for today's stand-up meeting. Remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a weekly process to find the fun. You are front row at the birth of any of this comedy. It's open source, so please, 
feel free to share this with people that you work with. If you share something funny with other people, their day will be brighter and you'll be amazed at how much better your day is because of it. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day.